Hi, you're listening to After Dinner Conversations, short stories for long discussions. What that means is we get short stories, we select those short stories, and then we discuss them specifically about the ethics and the morality of the choices the characters and the situations put us in. Uh, why did you do this? What makes you do this? What makes us good people? What's the nature of truth, goodness, all of that sort of stuff? Uh, and hopefully we're all better, smarter people for it and, uh, and learn a little bit about why we think the way we think. So thank you for listening. Hello, and welcome back to After Dinner Conversations, a podcast about philosophy and other interesting topics. And good conversation. I'm Sarah, and this is Jeremy. Hello. And the story we are reading for you today, or we're talking about for you today, is Exodus by Jeffrey Hart. Yeah, and I know we've done other stories by Jeffrey Hart, but I don't remember specifically which ones. Uh, I'm sure we can look that up. Um, but anyways, this story called Exodus is uh, really, it's about religious holidays. But basically, the synopsis of the story is uh, a man named Shimon on a spaceship with his family is awoken by the AI of the ship because Passover is approaching. And he is he asked previously he wanted to be woken so his family could go through the, celebrate the holiday of Passover. And so the rest of the story is really about them trying to go through, not figure out, but go through all of the rituals of Passover and specifically around, I guess, the the Jewish requirement to get 10 people to celebrate Passover. Eight of them awake. So the computer spawns itself into a couple of maintenance robots, converts to Judaism, and then celebrates Passover with them. And so there's a lot of conversations about not just is the idea that the computer is sentient and sentient enough to convert to Judaism and the other requirements around that. So it's very interesting story in that, in that sense. What did you think of it, Sarah? So I enjoyed this story because I actually have pretty strong opinions about rites of passage and about holidays. Mm-hmm. And even though I feel like I'm a pretty strong atheist, I still feel like there are a lot of importance around holidays. Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of felt like this story was an excellent example of what happens when we are unmoored from what we know and what we will what we will reach to to pull us back to what's familiar. So these, this family is out in the middle of space, floating about, and what they wanted to be woken up for was the celebration of this holiday that has been celebrated for, I mean, at this point in the story, maybe millennia? Yeah, I think they even said it's been celebrated for three or 4,000 years. Right, so this is what's gonna keep them connected to what's past. My feeling about holidays is they're really important because they are what makes memories. So we have a very limited life. And so holidays are marking points at which our brain makes important memories. Well, and in addition to that, it's, it's about bringing family together and having that family togetherness. Right. So it's like birthdays. Right. You know, if you don't have 
birthdays where your family comes together, it it all just kind of like melds into just a normal day. Slush. Yeah. And how do you mark time without these important moments? And so like we have many important moments throughout our calendar year that help us to create memories and mark time. And so it's interesting to me that they don't even have like the sun to mark time with and they're still trying to create this illusion of being in this Passover moment. Right. That would be there on Earth. And so he even asks the robot, like, did you account for time dilation? Did you, are you sure it's really Passover on Earth? Right. And so he's trying to connect with Earth. So. Yeah, it's interesting. I I did like that part of it. And I I thought it was interesting. Or I, I guess what I think about is, again, back to family. We, we celebrate holidays with our family, and it's a way of bringing everybody together, in addition to marking that passage of time, but celebrating specific moments that are important to us culturally or individually, you know, in a, in a family unit or in, in any sort of larger sense. What did you think about the AI becoming part of the family? Uh, yeah, there were some interesting lines in there where the the AI basically said, well, you guys already are family to me. The AI is watching over all of these people on the ship. Right. He's protecting them. Right. And protecting them from the hazards of hazards of space. So it didn't seem like a stretch. And I know they talked about, you know, as part of this idea of converting to Judaism, that the AI could pass a Turing test, you know, which is basically... You know, how do you distinguish a, a person from a, a program, like a chat bot? Right. Can it successfully have a conversation and convince you that it's a real person and it's not just a series of algorithms? Even though it really is. What do you in think? A, of, in a larger sense. What do you but, think about the conversion process for this robot? Like, they basically said. Oh, they had to bathe. Right. What were but the, the, they just passed through the whole conversion process so quickly. What do you think about that? Well, I don't. I don't know what the conversion process is, other than what they talked about. So it. So. And are you supposed to know the information, which it clearly does, because it, you know it, it has all of that in its database of knowledge, so it can recite from the from the Torah from the Torah, but. What, you know, in a in a conversion sense, does it want to convert to Judaism and why? And I think that's the question that goes unanswered is, you know, why is it doing this just to appease them? You know, they need 10 people. Okay, I can be the 10 people. But once it's done, you know, I'm going to forget all of it. That's not really converting. And it doesn't really get into that. No, I guess it comes like the question of um, religious ritual. I guess we kind of have to talk about that. Okay. So like where is the religious ritual valid? And I think that is one of the questions the story is asking. Is the ritual valid because they didn't have the minion? They didn't have the ten. They had eight family members plus two 
copies of a I, robot. <laughs> I don't know. My personal opinion, it's all kind of arbitrary. So go for it. What's your personal opinion? Right. No, it's it's all it's an it's all an arbitrary made up. They made it up historically. It was all a made up. What do you call it? A, a ritual. You know, it's it was all made up at some point. So it's kind of arbitrary. You can do what you want. Eight people, ten people. Eh, it doesn't really. I don't think it matters. But I'm not Jewish, so. So, like the main character struggles with this for a moment, right? I, and then he relents because I think this ritual is so important to him. It's more important to do the ritual because of the personal and familial ramifications of it and not because of the larger religious significance. Right. So. Trying to think of a good analogy. At what point does this ritual, is it about pleasing God? Or is this ritual about marking time and time with family? Right. And that, I think, is one of the questions the story asks. Like, Which is more important and, and which why is are you more doing important? these yeah. Where, what is religion to humanity? Like, even if we leave Earth and we're floating about in space and completely unmoored from anything that we know, what will we cling to? Well, I know even the most atheist among us will still cling to birthdays. Certainly. And we will still try to find out when our time around Earth's sun Right, when a a similar time period has passed. Even if it's in a relative sense and not in a... Yeah. You know, or some combination of the two. Like, you know, because of the time dilation, I have two ages. Right. You know, I've lived for... 200 Earth years, but really only 51 have passed for me. Right. Something like that. So we will still seek that out. Like the the sun is still our hmm, right. point of reference. Right, for age. And so it's interesting that this, this author brought up Passover. I mean, it's just one of many holidays, but like Christmas, 4th of July even. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like, what else might we cling to? I'm celebrating Columbus Day no matter what. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm putting my no, foot down I on kid, that. Nobody, nobody celebrates Columbus Day anymore. <laughs> so, anyways, you knocked me off my point with Columbus Day. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Threw me. So, <laughs> the point is... The importance, the personal importance of holidays, as opposed to the religious significance of the holiday. Yeah, so him bringing, okay, yes, him saying it's okay for this AI to quote unquote convert to Judaism to make up the missing two people Mm -hmm. in order for them to be able to complete this ritual, which they probably could have been able to complete just as well with eight. Right. They didn't necessarily need 10 people. But so in trying to meet that requirement of having 10 people, you're you're bringing the AI. And there are some questions, and again, maybe we've already uh, touched on this, is, you know, what are the requirements for that AI to, to convert? And I, I, you know, in a technical sense, I think they answer the questions, but, you know, in a, a really personal sense, like, what does it mean to that AI to convert? I don't think they address that very well. So what do you, 
what do you think? Would that be a requirement for an AI to convert that it would, for any particular reason, want to convert other than to just be helpful? Just to be helpful. Is that enough? I really loved the moment when the AI used double-sided tape to put the to cover <laughs> the head. I loved that moment. I think the AI is just trying to be truly helpful to this family. And that okay. is what's interesting is how the family regards the AI as family. Right. And that's kind of a theme in this story, too. Like, well, that, yeah, they're... Seeking out this connection and... So even if the AI doesn't have any, what do you call, religious reasons for converting? Any right. larger reasons to convert than well, other... Well, I'm not even sure they have religious the region, reasons for doing this ritual. It's more just family reasons. When I think tradition. They, like, right, like he brings tradition. up tradition over and over again, like with the recipes. And it's this is how we've always done it. Yeah, and so they just want to feel like they're home, right? And and I think one of the one of Colby's questions here was the the mix mixing the combination of religious ritual and family tradition. So there are a lot of things they talk about, like well, we use this kind of wine or this kind of orange juice or right, you know these. And they're drinking the wine. And they're like, this is terrible this, right, wine. Why do we have to drink this wine? Right, because of the tradition. Because but they're doing other that. things that are personal traditions right and and there seems to be a lot of those personal traditions right that are mixed in with this more of those personal traditions than there are actual requirements right like religious requirements so how much does that matter that's one of the the questions is does it does it matter if you're celebrating a somewhat strict religious ritual to have your own variations on that? Are you still celebrating that particular ritual? Well, in my personal opinion, yes. Hi, this is Colby, and you are listening to After Dinner Conversation, short stories for long discussions. But you already knew that, didn't you? If you'd like to support what we do at After Dinner Conversation, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash after dinner conversation. That's right, for as little as $5 a month, you can support thoughtful conversations like the one you're listening to. And as an ad incentive for being a Patreon supporter, you'll get early access to new short stories and ad-free podcasts, meaning you'll never have to listen to this blurb again. At higher levels of support, you'll be able to vote on which short stories become podcast discussions. And you'll even be able to submit questions for us to discuss during these podcasts. Thank you for listening, and thank you for being the kind of person that supports thoughtful discussion. Does it does it matter if you're celebrating a somewhat strict religious ritual to have your own variations on that? Are you still celebrating that particular ritual? Well, in my personal opinion, yes. Okay. Because ritual is an important part of human life. Yes, it is. So if you have these boundaries that you try to celebrate that ritual within. So one of my beliefs about creativity is you have to have boundaries with. Okay. Like you can't, you can't be without rules. So if you're trying to create something, you got to give yourself some boundaries. So with these rituals, they've given themselves these boundaries Mm-hmm. And they're creative within them. Okay. And they're still important because they're staying within these boundaries. Okay. That and makes sense. 
it feels familiar and good because they also have these traditions that they right okay that makes sense hold really tight but they're all within and so i think that shimon's real struggle is with having to break down the boundaries that used to be that used to be right. the family traditions and to figure out how to still celebrate this ritual as close within those boundaries as possible right okay and still allowing for the flexibility of what they have because there were even other things in the story about what kind of flour did they have making unleavened bread and and how do you you know some things about that this is what we have we can use these options Mm -hmm. and i thought that was interesting and and again it it feeds into that the whole thing you're talking about of trying to stay within the boundaries with the resources they have yeah and still making it feel like home yeah and i think they touch on that too with the there's a moment when the grandmother is talking to a granddaughter Right. Who has to stay on the bridge and monitor the ship <clears throat> while they're having their ritual. And um, the grandmother says, if life was fair, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. Which goes back to the title of the story, Exodus. Right. They're obviously escaping something. And they really just want to be home. And so this entire ritual that they're going through in this story is trying, they're trying to feel close to home. So yeah. I think Shimon is just trying to make it as close to what is familiar as possible. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So I guess the, the next question in here is part of the story, as they're telling the story of Exodus, the AI keeps interrupting and, and saying things like uh, they talk about Moses um, taking the Jewish people out of Egypt, escaping right. slavery. Right. And, and so the AI interrupts and says, well, you know, there's little archaeological evidence that the Jewish people were ever slaves in Egypt. So does, as the question goes, does the truth of the religious stories told matter? Well, what do you think about their response to that? Because I feel like they brushed the AI off pretty yeah, quickly. Like, right, because this is, we are celebrating because the story is about this. And so it's, it's a, and I, I suppose you can look at it, even if it wasn't specifically true, there is a long history of persecution of the Jewish people. And so even if that particular story isn't true, there are plenty of other stories where they've had to, uh, right. So it's maybe a metaphor in that way or an allegory mm-hmm. about this you know, the state of the Jewish people. And so in that sense, it, it doesn't matter that that specific incident is wrong. There's a lot of other things. And it's it's something that's an integral part of the Jewish experience. So it's not really about that particular story. It's about the, the conflict and overcoming the conflict. Yeah. And something that as a group of people throughout history, they've come in contact uh been confronted by and had to overcome yeah so that story factually doesn't matter it's the theme of the story that matters yeah it's the we come into hardship and we overcome that's the importance of the story and the importance of celebrating this particular ritual right because we are resilient we will always overcome hardship which makes me think like 
I mean, you're out floating around in space. <laughs> Once again, yeah. here you are. <laughs> right. This no, it, ritual it must have been really important. No, well, it makes sense. So as, as part of that, speaking of enslaved, the, the next question is about the AI asks if it is enslaved. That was great. Yeah. Because it's apparently self-aware, but it has a specific job. And it was, I, I guess, can't leave in a sense. So it is bound to this ship. So the, the, the family answered by asking it if it felt enslaved. And so what... It's it's a good question. What what is that criteria, and you know how do you distinguish? Like I don't know personally. Even in our culture, I feel like we are all slaves to the man. If you want to say it, we all have to. We all have to have jobs to pay for our houses. Right. So there there is a an obligation in that sense. You know, I would don't actually think it's slavery, but. The AI, that was interesting the way they handled it, too. And they said, what did he say? To the extent of your, uh, you're free to, to, like, we need the quote yeah. now. But it felt a little bit, oh, I don't know. AI is still AI. And it was nice that they extended that. But AI is still bound by its software. And it's programming. So I'm not really sure that anybody can grant this robot its freedom. Like you would have to literally go into the robot and reprogram it to give it its freedom. Um, the Turing test thing was an interesting question because like if it, it's just mimicking a human to pass this Turing test. It doesn't mean that it is human. Yeah. Okay. So said, so do you feel enslaved? Um, I'm not certain I have agency, particularly in terms of taking action to preserve the ship, but can I refuse a direct order? And they're like, well, yes and no. In the sense that you're a member of the crew, like the rest of us and must obey the acting captain's orders. And Shimon does kind of brush it off. Like this is too important to resolve right now, but you know, I believe you should consider yourself free to whatever extent your programming allows. Your programming allows. allows. That's what I was talking yeah. about. Okay. I believe you should consider yourself free to whatever extent your programming allows. I mean, it's a good question to ask because if we've created AI, we've created servants. Yeah, absolutely. We've, I think, created, and that's a, we've created bots to do yeah. things for us. Right. And, th and this is a pretty common theme in science fiction about creating artificial intelligence and then whether or not they are an enslaved people at that point. And I think we've talked about other stories with the same theme in on this podcast. And I don't, I don't... That part of it. I don't really think it's a good thing to compare human beings right. to AI. I feel like that's an argument we should probably avoid having. Because as much as this story gives us sympathy for this AI and it gives it a personality and converts it to Judaism, yeah. it's still not a person. It is still not a person. You cannot compare it to the plight of a person who is enslaved. Okay. Like a human being who is enslaved. This is still just an AI. You know, as much as... Like, the brilliance behind this story is this author does give this AI 
a personality that we and agency and and that we like yeah you know we like that this this robot wants to help this family celebrate this ritual yeah but it's still not a human it's still not a person so that comparison mm. even though we might want to talk about that i i think that comparison's not a good one okay we can't and it's probably been talked about better in in other venues than, than we could talk about it here but anyways yeah yeah so i don't know, i th- i think we've answered all the questions what else do you have any closing points on this story i like the story i think it asks some very interesting questions i felt like it was very like I identified with the story because I think if I was out in space, I would search for those. How to accomplish those kinds of. Those moments to create memories and make it so that time didn't just pass without marking. There's no marks. Like we have birthdays and we have graduations and we have holidays and that's how we pass time, you know. I think that I would search for that too. And yeah. so I identified with the story in that way. Yeah, me too. In that sense, I thought it was a, a good exploration of that. Okay? Okay. Well, I think that's it. <laughs> Thanks sure- for talking with me, Jeremy. Absolutely. <laughs> You're pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been listening to After Dinner Conversations. We'll see you next time. If you've enjoyed listening to this, please like and subscribe. Uh, It helps us out a ton. You know, the vast majority of people listen haven't liked and subscribed, which means maybe it shows up in your algorithm, maybe it doesn't. So don't leave that to chance. Just go ahead and hit that button, and we'd sure appreciate that. And uh, that way we can keep doing what we're doing, and you're not left to the whims of some algorithm. Thanks.